0: morning all right we're in acts chapter 16 this morning starting from verse 9 during the night paul had a vision of a man of macedonia standing and begging him come over to macedonia and help us after paul had seen the vision we got ready at once to leave for macedonia concluding that god had called us to preach the gospel to them and come to a section which is subheaded Lydia's Conversion in Philippi. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. From there, we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptised, She invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Then the section entitled Paul and Silas in Prison. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned round and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and said, "'Sirs, what must I do to be saved?' They replied, "'Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household.' Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds Then immediately he and all his family were baptised. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and the whole family was filled with joy because they had come to believe in God.
1: Thank you very much, Ed. Amongst the other notices this morning, I didn't mention, as I should have done, that this is actually a mission Sunday. This is one of the Sundays we set aside to focus on um, a work of a a mission organisation. And this Sunday, we're actually very fortunate to have Andy Kitto uh, with us once more, who will speak uh, on behalf of Elam Ministries and obviously the work in Iran. I should have given you that background probably right at the beginning, but there we go. And welcome, Andy. You're very, very welcome. Let me just pray for you before you, you come up. Father, we just want to pray for Andy. Though we thank you for him, his willingness to come here and speak to us, to, to bring the work in Iran and Elam Ministries, uh, which is very much on his heart, to us as well this morning. So, Lord, bless him by your spirit. Give him your words and give us hearts of flesh to hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Andy.
2: Thank you, Simon. <clears throat> Lovely to be back with you again. Uh, I'm going to speak very briefly from the passage we've just heard, and then we will see the Generations video if we made May, and then soon after that, the PowerPoint. Thank you. So, this event that we've just heard is rather important for you and me. Why? First time the Gospel was proclaimed in Europe. Without that, you and I might not be sitting here today. What a remarkable series of events. A Hollywood blockbuster couldn't do it better. We have got a couple of wandering preachers who not seem to, don't seem to be quite sure where they're supposed to be going. We skipped that part of the narrative. In fact, some of them had had a bit of a falling out in the previous chapter, Paul and Barnabas. And they went their separate ways. Christians are good at falling out with each other from time to time. Then we have this rather successful businesswoman, and God opens her heart. In contrast, we then have a slave girl. If Lydia was at the top of the social pile, the slave girl certainly was not. She had no rights whatsoever, Um, and she was at the Beck and call of her owners she was regarded as a piece of property and worse she was controlled by oppressed by an evil spirit. Then we have a bit of a civic commotion in the town square a spot of bother some false accusations some flogging and then the scene moves to a prison cell with some people backs bleeding singing loudly at midnight good heavens and the other prisoners were listening in what did they make of it there was even an attempted suicide exciting stuff wouldn't you say to god god you've rather messed up the evangelistic planning if you were going to plant a church somewhere would you do it like this what I love about the first scene in this multi-act drama is it says of Lydia God opened her heart it doesn't say and the disciples preach with great conviction and fervor and competence it was God who was doing the business do you know whatever evangelistic program we get involved with at the end of the day it's God who builds his church we play our part And we need to. He works through people like us. And then there's this slave girl. How astonishing she was able to say with accuracy, these men are servants of the Most High. They have come to tell you how to be saved. For once, the spirit within her was telling the truth. An unlikely witness, you might say. God is often at work in the, in the most unlikely and surprising of places and will even use people that you and I might overlook. But the narrative doesn't tell us that the slave girl became a Christian, but she would have known from the voice of authority from Paul that something wonderful had happened to her and that that oppressive spirit had been lifted off her her face would have changed. It's generally considered that she became part of this newly formed church in Philippi. The next scene is a bit unpleasant. There are some false accusations. Notice the owners of the slave girl didn't complain that she'd been delivered of an evil spirit. They, they fabricated something about these troublemakers Stirring up trouble against the Romans. This was one of the leading Roman colonies in the whole of the Mediterranean. And all the laws of Rome applied here in Philippi. So there were some false charges. There was some twistedness going on. And somehow the mob were stirred up to cause trouble so the city authorities, as is often the case, where, wherever these disciples seemed to go, they clamped down hard. They didn't want any trouble in their city. They even told the uh, jailer to put them into the inner cell. and keep, They were top security people. Scene four. Two men, backs bleeding, legs locked in the stocks singing songs of praise to god if i if i'd been there i would have been saying god you've really messed up this time see what's happened to us not them there was a most wonderful assurance that god was in control there is an unseen supernatural hand woven weaving a thread through this narrative by the way Something of that we are seeing in Ukraine as well, despite the atrocities that are taking place. God is supernaturally at work too there, and we will be thinking of them, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, of which there are many, when we come to communion in a few minutes. God steps in with an earthquake. I like it more powerful than anything that Putin can come up with. Um, The jailer was probably a man of some standing, probably a retired army man. He certainly seemed to have a sword handy on which to fall. With difficulty, Paul persuades him not to commit suicide. Everybody is there. No no prisoners have escaped. He's real shook up, this guy. What must I do to be saved? And the tables are turned. So the church in Philippi has a successful businesswoman. By the way, she comes from Thyatira. Now, in the preceding verses, which we didn't read, Paul and Silas tried to go and uh, preach in Asia, Asia Minor. That's the western end of Turkey. The Holy Spirit hindered them, said no. They then said, okay, we'll go to Bithynia. That's the bit of Turkey along the southern Black Sea shore. Why didn't the Holy Spirit want them to go there? Well, bang in the middle of Bithynia is a place called Thyatira, where Lydia comes from. Guess how the gospel gets to Bithynia. God seems to have his strategy worked out after all. Let's notice two or three little things before I bring you some facts and figures from the country of Iran. Notice the vulnerability of God's agents. They were uncertain of their direction. There'd been a falling out between Paul and Barnabas in the previous chapter. And there they are, they end up in the stocks in the prison. They're rather vulnerable, as many of God's servants are, including those in prison in Iran, whom we will come to in a moment. They were obedient to the heavenly vision. Paul got knocked off his horse by... Uh, the lord jesus himself on his way to damascus you know the story you're going to be my witness to kings and to people in authority and of course they were a witness to the town officials in philippi not a bad strategic place to plant a church come over and help us they heard in the vision and it says immediately we uh, set off for macedonia No hanging around. I love it. Notice their tenacity and perseverance. If you read through the book of Acts, there seems to be a pattern. They go somewhere, they present the gospel, there is a response, and there is a backlash, and there's usually a bit of a riot and some trouble, or people get beaten up, or thrown into prison, or stoned. Sometimes they get chased out of town, sometimes they're hurried out of town for their own safety. They go to the next place and the pattern repeats itself. Wherever the gospel comes, there is going to be opposition. Why? Because the evil one doesn't like it. However, God is building his church and he's doing that in Iran. I suspect there will be a multiplication of faith amongst people from Ukraine these months. There is amongst Afghans more of that in a moment these servants of god didn't give up when the going gets tough the going may get tough for some of us here that is not a sign that god has abandoned us it's probably a sign that god is powerfully at work what is the purpose of persecution and hardship In the uh, previous chapter, chapter 14, we read Paul saying this to some of the previous churches that had been recently established. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They didn't give up; they persevered. I think uh, we will. I will leave it there for now. Th- this part of our service is going onto the website but what follows isn't for reasons that will become clear to us in a moment so we're going to see now a lovely video clip called generations which gives a bit of a background to what's happened in iran and why things are the way they are with so many from iran coming to faith Thank you.